Hi, welcome to the Haven Youth Church Podcast. We want to thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you and empowers you to be all God created you to be. We love you. Welcome to the family. Here we are. Servant. So we're, I'm going to be talking about servanthood. Before I start, I just want to say thank you to Pastor Matt for allowing me to be here to talk to you tonight. Um, God has a word for us, okay? And I want each of you to tune in to the word that he has for you. I think it's easy to come into a place and say, oh, they need to hear this. You know how we do, okay? Or I'm good. I've made it. I don't need to hear this. This isn't for me. I'm already... I'm already doing this, right? I want each of you to pay attention because I think God has a word for each and every one of us about servanthood, about being a servant. So let us really get what he has. And I'll just tell you right now, I'm basically just going to be reading you a lot of scripture and then talking in between um, because the word has a lot to say on this topic about being a servant. So um, we're going to turn to Colossians 3. 22 through 25 for kind of our main verse to start out. Colossians 3, 22 through 25. And when you get that, will you stand with me and we'll read the word together? Colossians 3, 22 through 25. And it says, Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Let's pray before we get started. God, I pray that you would be in this place tonight, that you would speak to each and every one of our hearts, help our hearts to be good soil tonight, to receive the seed of your word and what you have for us. I pray that you would help me to speak what you have me to speak, that we would receive the words you want us to receive, and help us just to be able to focus tonight and hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can sit down. So, um... My dad, okay, if you know my family and you knew me growing up, we came from a pretty strict family, okay? You know, really strict on the TV, what we could watch, really strict on where we could go, what we could do, okay? And one thing, when Natalie and I got old enough to go to parties, you know, godly parties, right? Um, When we got old enough to go and hang out with friends and do stuff and I could drive, Natalie and I are really close in age, so we were always together, okay? We were always together. My dad would always tell us before we leave, remember, you're a German. My last name used to be German, okay? And it used to be, remember, you're a German. Act like it, right? Okay, and what did that mean? That meant my identity as being Lindsay German meant I had to represent the German name everywhere I went. That meant I had to act right. I had to do what was right. No matter what anybody else was doing, I had to step away. I had to make the right decision. If things got crazy, I had to leave, you know, or if things, you know, if people were doing things they weren't supposed to do, I was not going to partake because I'm a German. That's who I am. And our title tonight, our value tonight that we're talking about is servanthood is our identity, not our duty. And I think that just like my dad would tell me, 
you're a German, act like it. I think God is telling us, you're a Christian, you're a servant, act like it, right? Wherever you go, that's your identity. Your identity is to represent Christ and who he is. And being a servant is that identity that we are to take on. Um, A servant, the definition of a servant is a person who performs duties for others, a devoted and helpful follower or supporter. When I was looking up things in the Bible for this, I just looked up the word servant. And it's very interesting to me that in the New Testament, Peter, Paul, Jude, James, John, all of them in their letters or in their, in their books say, refer to themselves as Paul, a servant of God. Peter, a servant of God. Jude, a servant of God, right? That was the identity that they took. They could have listed off all these titles and all these amazing things that they did, right? But they identified as servants of God. That's who they were. They weren't the, you know, I'm the this level in this church, this pastor, right? They were just servants of God. Someone else that did this that I want to point out is David. I've got a picture of David. He's with some sheep, okay? Because at one point, David was a shepherd, right? Um, David in the Bible, he's referred to as many things, as a king, as a man of God, as a father, as a son, as a shepherd, as he was a warrior, right? All of these were titles that he had at certain points in his life. But something else he's referred to as and even refers to himself as is servant of God, And God even, when God spoke to David and spoke to him through prophets or whoever, said, tell my servant David. That's how God saw him. God didn't care about all the titles he had throughout his life. God didn't care about the positions he was in. He was just looking at his heart and seeing, that's my servant. He's willing to be whoever I need him to be in that situation, right? He can be a shepherd. He can serve his family. He was serving and as a king, right, that's service that he did. And no matter what title, he was always a servant. Even when his dad didn't believe in him, he was still a servant. Even when King Saul, who he worked for, wanted to kill him, he was still a servant to him. Even when people turned against him, he was still a servant. And no matter what situation you find yourself in, it's important that that identity is that we are always going to be a servant of God and a servant of people, those people that we're under, whoever it is that's in authority over us. Um, He was a man after God's own heart, and he was a servant. And one thing that's pretty amazing about the story of David is that He was, as I said, when he was a boy, he was a shepherd, and he was in his family. Uh, His dad didn't even think he could be an option to be the king, but guess guess what? God saw his heart and anointed him to be king. But when his brothers went off to battle, he was asked to take food to his brothers, right? And David didn't know what was ahead of him. David could have said, no. I couldn't go to battle. I'm not going to bring the food to my brothers. I don't care about them. They can figure it out themselves, right? He could have said no. He could have stayed back. But he said yes, and he was a servant to his brothers and took them food. And who was there waiting for him when when he took the food? Goliath, right? And he would have never experienced the victory of winning the battle over Goliath if he had not first been willing to be a servant to his brothers. So... We always, we always kind of look for that victory, right? We want that victory. We want that, that glory. But we can't have the glory 
really the glory isn't ours, it's God's. And even with David, he was willing to be a servant in the battlefield because nobody else wanted to step out. Nobody else wanted to go against Goliath and risk their lives because they were, they were looking at themselves. They weren't looking at God and bringing the glory to him, right? So like David, we should be a servant to God, bringing glory to him. But even more than David, who was our example in the Bible? Jesus, right? Jesus, the son of David, isn't that interesting? That's one of his names, right, is the son of David. Um, he was a servant. And so many times the Bible says that he was moved with compassion for the people. And he served people. And one of his famous instances of serving was with his disciples. And I want to read this passage to you. He washed their feet. And so it says, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. He gave them an example and said, I washed your feet. Now go wash others' feet. Now, we don't really do foot washings here, right? How many of you guys would be into foot washings? Oh, yeah. Let's wash each other's feet, right? Take the socks off. I had to do this once, actually, okay? We went to a retreat, and um, we had to wash each other's feet. And, of course, I got this girl who, you know, her feet stunk. I'm just going to say that, okay? But you know what? Hallelujah, I washed her feet. I became a servant, okay? But he doesn't, he, he may have talked about washing feet, but it's not, it's not just about, okay, wash feet. It's about be a servant. Be a servant to the people around you. Be a servant to each other. No one is higher than each other on this ranking. We're all servants, okay? And honestly, the higher you get, the more of a servant you have to be, right? Because you're serving the people. Um, not only to his disciples when he washed their feet was he a servant, but every single day he was on earth, he was a servant. He served God and he served people. And this is another scripture he says that points this out. Teacher, someone asked him, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Serving God foremost drove Jesus to serve people. And in the midst, even in the midst of mourning, he had a cousin, John the Baptist, who was executed because of what he was preaching. And even in the midst of mourning, he still served people. Even when he was trying to have some peace and quiet, he still served people when they came to him. When all the people, when all that they wanted was a miracle from him because they just wanted that, that feel good, okay, and then walk away, and he knew they were going to turn their back on him, he still served them even in the middle of all of that. And he literally served to death. That's what Jesus did. He served to death. The Bible says in Philippians 2, 3 through 11, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. 
have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him a name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus became a servant, served and was obedient even to dying for us. That's what he did for you and I. He became a servant. And because of that, he is exalted now. And he decided that um, he was going to give up himself and empty himself, and that's the example he portrays to us. A huge plot of the enemy is to get our focus off of God and on ourselves, off of God and off of others and onto ourselves. What makes me feel good? What exalts me higher? What gives me the glory? What makes me feel appreciated? What gives me comfort and happiness? And then we reject everything else because, oh, that's not serving me. Okay, um, being a servant is the opposite of exalting yourself. It's putting others' needs first. It's loving God and others more than myself. It's going out of my way to help, going above and beyond. Sometimes it means different things in different situations, right? Like David had different roles. We are going to have different roles. It might go from cleaning to working to setting up tables to preaching to singing, any of those roles. It's just, but it can't be for our own glory. It has to be only for the glory of God. So I want to give you a few things that a servant looks like. First of all, a servant doesn't serve themselves. That's kind of the opposite of what a servant would be, right? A servant can't serve themselves. That's not what a servant means. There's a couple things that I want to point out that, that we do need to serve. First of all is God. A servant, a Christ-like servant serves God. Romans 6.16 says, Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey? either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. You get to choose who you serve. Are you going to serve God, or are you going to serve sin? Are you going to serve yourself? The, the original verse we read in Colossians talks about being people pleasers or men pleasers. And so often we can get caught up in the people pleasing, right? Oh, I'm just going to do it because they asked me to and I'm afraid they're not going to like me. You know, all of those things, right? Like, what are they going to think of me if I don't do it? So I've got to do all the things and I've got to serve, serve, serve. But that's not what we're talking about either. That's, it's good to serve other people, but for just to be a people pleaser, that's not what we need to be. We're servants of God. Being a servant to God leads us to loving others and serving others, but our priority has to be straight from the beginning. Serving sin leads to death. Serving ourselves leads to laziness and gluttony. Serving others as men pleasers leads to burnout. But serving God leads to life and a harvest. The Bible says in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Any other burden we take upon ourselves to be that servant to sin, to ourselves, to other people, that is putting a heavy burden on us, right? But when we serve God, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He's easy to serve because he's good. And you know that when you serve him and bring glory to him, it's about him. He's the good one in this situation. But the other thing that we do serve as Christians, once we have that priority straight that we're going to serve God, the other thing that happens is we do serve people, right? I want to read this passage to you. This really shares the importance of serving people and how heavy it weighs on the heart of God. It's in Matthew 25, and it says, this is Jesus telling a story of an example, like a parable to uh, the people following him of of an example of what this is going to be like. Then the king, who is the person in the story, will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see a stranger see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you and when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you and the king will answer them truly I say to you as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers you did it to me it's so important to God that we serve other people that we reach out to them that we help them that we care for them but he also says this then he will say to those on his left Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick and in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is such a heavy passage, right? Because you've got two choices. You have two ways you can go. It just shows the importance that it is on the heart of God that we be servants, that we make that our identity, that everywhere we go, we are serving people. We are reaching out to people because they're our commission, right? Because they are the ones that we're reaching out to. Uh, Something that stands out to me is when I uh, went to Wright State, I had made a couple friends. You know, we walked back and forth to classes together. And this girl that I was with in particular, she was not a Christian. We were walking in the hallway. And this guy had a big cart of books, and it had, like, toppled, and books had fallen over, and we were walking past. And I just kept on walking. And the girl with me stopped and picked up the books. And I was so convicted, right? Like, that's just a simple little example, but I'm the Christian in this scenario, and I didn't even stop to help that person. Like, I was not, I was going to just keep going my own way, having my, a grand old time, and this person who wasn't even Christian was stopped and served these people, right? It was just challenging to me because everywhere we go, we see people in need. 
And how much can we reach out and just do little, it could be just a little thing like picking up the books or helping someone at the grocery store or helping your parents at home, right? Everything is service and it's service unto the Lord. A love for God and a serving us serving God will drive us to love others and serve them. That's what sets us apart from those that are not following Christ. Does your life show this example? Really let yourself think that and question. Another thing, moving on, another thing that a servant does is a servant shows up. I saw this quote on Facebook, and so I don't know who wrote it, but I I just saw it the other day. And it says, ministry ends up being done by whoever shows up. Showing up is more important than being gifted. Show up. Right? We could spend all day talking about, oh, well, I'm too scared. I don't want to do it right. Just show up. Show up and do the work that needs to be done. Somebody has to do it. Right? Um, The Bible says in Matthew 9, 35 through 38, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He went everywhere. He showed up everywhere and served. No matter where he showed up, he just showed up. But then he finishes by saying this. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord for the, of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We need laborers. We need people to show up in the field and get a job done, whatever that job is. Because the Bible says this also, Mark 9, 41. For truly I say to you, whoever gives a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose his reward. Meaning, There's even a reward for like the smallest job ever, right? Just handing somebody a cup of water. So that means there's there's a limitless number of things that you can do to be a servant, right? And to reach out to other people. Just find something that needs to be done. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, As each has received a gift, telling us we've all received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace, We each have a gift from God, and I don't want you to sit there and be like, oh, well, I don't have a gift. I don't have a talent. I don't have anything to give God. It's not true. It's a lie from the devil, okay? Everybody has something that they can do. You can, you know, uh, we, it's like the stuff going around about how uh, guys can show off to the girls, right? How many chairs can you carry? We can each carry at least one chair, right, okay? Maybe some of the strong guys can carry more than one, okay? But can you carry a chair? Then, yes, you can serve. Can you set up a table? Can you wipe off a table? Can you open the door for somebody? There are so many opportunities for you to be able to be used. One that I think people discount a lot, a gift that people have, is the gift of talking because I... I am, I know I'm up here right now, okay, but I'm like the shyest person. I really, like I, I avoid going to the store. I avoid all the things because I, I'm like, contact with people scares me. I don't, <laughs> anyways, um, so like the, the, when someone's outgoing, I'm like, oh my goodness, look at them go, you know, like they can talk to people, right? Okay, that's a gift. Use it. Use it to talk to people about the Lord. Use it to to let them, you know, talk to people just about what's going on in their lives and let them know somebody cares about them. We are all one body, 
And we each have different roles. Each role is important. That original verse we read says, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. You just need to become the solution to the problem. If you see a problem, become the solution. If you see it, do it, right? Just make it happen. Show up and make it happen. If you can't find something to do, ask. Because if you ask, I'm sure we can find something for you to do, right? If you ask Pastor Matt if you can do something, I'm sure he can find something for you to do. Everybody needs help. Your youth pastor needs help. Your pastor needs help. Your church needs help. Your neighbors need help. Your family needs help. Then as you get the hang of it, right, you'll start seeing needs and you'll just do them as you go. In Matthew 25, 23, it says, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. If you can't be faithful over the few things, you can't, he's not going to give you more. He's not going to, he's not going to push you up higher. If you're not faithful over the little things, right? We must be fruitful Christians that multiply what God has given us. Don't wait for the flashing lights, you know, serve here, okay? It's not going to happen. You just find an opening and you go there, okay? It's, it's just, I think so often we get this idea in our head that like the call of God. Okay, I do believe that the call of God happens, right? And God can give us a specific call. But in the meantime, do what you can do to serve, right? Do what you can do. Do anything that you can get your hands on. And the, um, the last thing I want to point out about a servant is that a servant doesn't say no. Um, this goes two ways, and I'm talking about being a servant to God. Because before I go any farther, we can't say yes to every single open door, right? If we said yes to every single ministry in the church, it's just impossible. I can't be a Sunday school teacher while also being, you know, in the nursery. And I can't be singing while also in children's church, okay? We can't say yes to everything, but you know when God's calling you to do something. You feel that burning desire, right? You, you see the open door. Maybe you're not doing anything. There's an open door for you, right? But when we, we can't say no, and this goes two ways. We don't say no when we're scared and when it seems too hard. We also don't say no when the task feels beneath us. When we say no to God, we have put our, when we say no, we, we, that means we've put our fleshly identity before that servant identity. We're no longer taking on the identity of being a servant. So we are allowing pride to get in the way. Just talked about this a little bit. We could have pride one way that says, I already did my time. I'm not stooping that low again. I'm on this pedestal. I have this title now. I don't need to do that anymore. We could also have pride that says, I'm afraid of what people think of me. I'm going to fail. I'm going to look crazy in front of these people. And so I'm afraid to do it, right? We have to get that out of the way and just say, yes, be that servant that says, yes, I will serve you. Hebrews 13, to those that are scared, this is for you, to those that are scared to step out. Hebrews 13, 20 through 21. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. He raised Jesus from the dead. He's used so many people. He does all those miracles. He can use you. He can equip you, right? He's not going to just leave you stranded when he asks you to do something. He will equip you. And then to those 
you know, to the side of saying no because you feel like a task is beneath you. Matthew 20, 25 through 28 says, But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. The higher, I said this a little bit earlier, but the higher your position, the more of a servant you have to be. It also says in James 4, the Bible also says in James 4, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. In the New Testament, the disciples served the poor. They Right after Jesus ascended and all of that, when they were starting the new church and everything, they served the poor, they served widows, they waited tables, okay? Disciples did. They didn't say, we're too good for that, you know? Eventually, roles changed and they got people to fill positions, but they did whatever God asked them to do in that situation to serve people. We can come and sit on the seats, but you aren't going to be who God called you to be without having a servant's heart willing to say yes to whatever he asks of you, willing to do things that feel unpleasant, willing to step out of your comfort zone. Being a servant is not always comfortable, and we may be asked to do things that we don't want to do, whether that's by God or by your authority, by your pastors. I want to read um, just to kind of, I'm, I'm getting towards the end here. Our value, that um, the paragraph that comes after the value of servanthood is our identity, not our Um, duty says assignments and roles may be varying but our identity is the same we are servants from the front door to the pulpit every role is important it's not our duty it's the distinguishing characteristic of who we are we are marked by our service to others it's our joy to serve you can't be a leader if you can't be a server and the last verse I'm going to read here is Romans 12, 10 through 11. And this is the amplified version, so it's like on another level. It says, Be devoted to one another with authentic brotherly affection as members of one family. Give preference to one another in honor, never lagging behind in diligence, a glow in the spirit, enthusiastically serving the Lord. Enthusiastically serving. That's kind of what that, our, our paragraph said there at the end. It's a joy to serve. We need to be excited about serving because God is good. How many of you, like God has done something good for you, right? It's a joy to serve God who has been good to me, who has done everything for me, who has paid the price for me, who went to the cross for me, who was obedient even unto death. Every role in the kingdom matters because it brings glory to God. And when we want the glory for ourselves, we're no longer a servant of God, but ourselves. We need to be a servant to his will and to his word. Not what the world says, not what my flesh says. If you don't know where to start, get in the word. God has so much to say in his word about what to do and how to be a servant, how to love others. Leaders, I want to encourage you to bring others alongside you, right? Show people how to serve. Show them how to do this thing that you do every day. And our big takeaways tonight is be like David. Be a servant. And you know, no matter what duty you have, no matter what title you have at the time, continue to be a servant of God. 
Continue to be a servant of God. Not worrying about what other people are doing. Continue to be a servant of God. But also, even more so, be like Jesus. Someone who is willing to give everything, give him whole, his whole self for others to pour out and pour out and pour out. Remember who you're serving. You're serving God first and foremost, and then that overflow is to serve people and the people around you. Show up and don't say no to his call. Make servanthood your identity, not your duty, not a title, not for your own glory. It's your identity. It's everything that we are. It's who we are as Christians. Let's all bow our heads. We're going to move into the altar call. Thanks for listening. If this message blessed you in any way, please consider subscribing and sharing this podcast with someone. You can follow us on social media at Haven Youth Church. We love you, fam. The best is yet to come.